And All right, here. then. That was the podcast. <laughs> that oh, no, it's not over. It's just, it hasn't even started yet. <laughs> I can't believe that you're trying to end it early before it even begins. Yeah, well, you know me. I'm I'm all sorts of things. We did it, Reddit. We did it. Um all right. Well, so, so welcome everybody to Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast going through the entire Danganronpa series one murder at a time. I am your ultimate host, Kyrie. I'm the I, ultimate Oh, go ahead. No, no, you can go. It's I I, I violated turn order conventions. No yeah. worries. I'm the ultimate fan girl, Jennifer. And I am the ultimate political analyst, Jackie Platinum. Uh, yeah, we might be going. We might be going through this episode two murders at a time, uh, rather yeah. than the usual, because a uh, bit of a bit of a spicy situation. Oof! Um, yes, very spicy. Two for one special. Yeah, it's like some some ghost pepper spiciness. That's the that that is uh, from now on. I'm going to be keeping a uh, Scoville index. Of the murders, of or rather of the uh, of the epi- of like the the sequences that we are covering on per episode. Uh, please look forward to it. This one is oof out, very spicy. Ooh, that's oh, don't touch it, don't touch it, and lick your fingers. Ooh, ooh, I just i i didn't handle i didn't handle it correctly with gloves, and touch this episode, and I touched my face, and I'm in for a world of hurt. Oh dear, I touched my computer mouse and my keyboard and. <laughs> Now it's, I have now typing is no longer fun. It's getting everywhere. It is it's bad it's bad times. Dark times in in the Danganronpa. Oh boy. But yes, we are covering chapter 3 Daily Life of Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair. And uh do we want where well, I guess we could start at the top. Um, yeah, let's take it from the top. Hyoka let's makes a from... weird shrine. I was going to say, let's take it from the horrible, like, satanic um, effigy that Hyoko sets up for my hero. Um, she's, like, really shady. Like, she was shady about it in the beginning, and it had uh-huh. me just, like, a smidge worried. And then it was revealed, and... We got, I think, actually a, a really solid comedic scene where she's like, oh, wow, you know, I wonder who made this. I bet they were really talented and cool, and I bet they deserve a lot of praise. And every- it's such a heartfelt. And everybody's like, wow, fuck, this is horrible. Yeah, this everybody- is like a second 9-11. <laughs> this is like <laughs> way worse. Everyone comes in is just having a really bad time looking at this thing that has like... Where'd got, she like, get fucking cow skulls? Yeah, where'd she get the skulls? I have to ask, where'd she get the skulls? Skull store. <laughs> at the skull Come store. Come on. Come on. She has a membership card at the cult at the skull store. <laughs> can you get those can you get those at Spirit Halloween? These types of skulls? No, these are high quality skulls. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. These you are, the, you these are the specialist shitty, skulls. You get the shitty skulls at, at uh Spirit Halloween. No, no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking to talk shit about Spirit Halloween's skull selection. I'm sure it's perfectly fine. I'm just saying, when you want some real buttes like this, you got to go like to like Skulls Are Us, you know, Skull Depot, Skullmania. You know. Yeah, the places that sell like uh, that sell skulls. Uh-huh. You know, very specifically the Skull Guys. 
you got to go and you got to be like, hey, I need some skulls. And they're like, well, what kind of skulls do you need? And you're like, just give me the worst shit you got. Well, it's more than skulls. It's also like the bone, like candelabras. Is that the word I'm looking for? I I guess it is actually the word you're looking for. Um, Yeah, it it is overall an extremely goth, um, extremely goth monument. It whips ass. I love that it is permanently covered with this dark miasma. Yeah, it's just every time you turn the camera to the uh, shrine itself, it does have that dark cloud hanging over it at all times. Yeah, you have this just normal scene in the um, in the restaurant while they're talking. And just off in the corner is the ominous skull monument. Just just, you know. Just, you know, letting loose some bad vibes. Yes. Although Chiaki puts it, it's like, oh, why don't you take a closer look at the intent besides focusing on the appearances? And it's like, well, Chiaki, it's really hard to look past appearances, but I guess that's the lesson of this particular segment. Chiaki is the only emotionally mature motherfucker on this whole island. (laughs) Yeah, Chiaki is the only person on this island with, like, some level of emotional intelligence. It's really, it's really incredible how much of the cast is just like, just like this. I can't even like. It's a lot. It's very good though. Um, yes. I, I do like that when people come around to it, Hiyoko like gets fucking owned, and is like, "Stop! Don't tease me." <laughs> yeah, and gets incredibly like defensive over being praised. Um, and then Hajime Hinata's like begs everyone for it to stop to stop being cringe mm-hmm. internally though he's just like please you're being so fail this is not epic um and, and then latecomers arrive and everything gets set back to square one because <laughs> they're like oh yeah. what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah uh, latecomers like... arrive and everything goes and everything goes back to you know dunking on the sculpture i do yeah. like how at, i do like how at that point he goes like Man, whoever made that was definitely an asshole. Fuck them. <laughs> Changing your story. Yeah, you're right, guys. Yeah, you're right, guys. I don't know who set it up, but I'm gonna kick their ass if I find them. Haha, <laughs> we should we should burn it. And then haha, let's not burn it. It's actually quite sweet. Um Yeah, so we uh I mean because we had another murder and another execution, we get another part of the island. Yep. The island number island. three. Island number three, and the it's got it's got the titty typhoon. It's got like literally the first image that we see of it. The big CG has front and center the fucking titty typhoon. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, here's this big neon island, and like dead ass where your eyes just would immediately focus on the text. It's like, yo, does that fucking thing say titty typhoon? <laughs> and the answer does. is yes, yes it does. It does. It is. <laughs> Welcome to the titty typhoon. The answer is yes, it is called the Titty Typhoon, and none of the characters comment on this whatsoever. The game comments, uh, the games labels it as a quote unquote music venue. It is, it is not very much. <laughs> you're not going to the Titty Typhoon for the for the music. It's yeah, you're going for the cheap beer, right? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Hajime is like, yeah, no, I can't say for sure. There's no danger. I should cautiously check what's inside with all of these singles in my pocket. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't guys. worry about it. No. Hey guys, what's that going on over there? 
on the opposite direction of the Titty Typhoon. Welp, I'll be back. Going to an undisclosed location now. Don't look for me. <laughs> and when he goes in, Ibuki's already in there. So, like, yeah. just the usual suspects. It's Ibuki and Sonya. Yeah. Sonya is very excited that she finally is stepping inside of a disco. Nobody tell her, but, like... Nobody tell her. <laughs> nobody, uh, I don't think nobody tells her a lot of things. I think that's perfectly okay. Yeah, she'll just say something. The like, real world will never match up with her with her delightful fantasies. <laughs> this is just like one of my 1980s J dramas, and everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, I, I guess it is." Huh? Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Um. I love the fucking stupid neon sign that just says "titty." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah thanks thank you that's what's there that's what's there got us there uh-huh. um it is so it is utterly baffling but also at the same time right up the alley of this game's like sense of humor unfortunately oh yeah the, i mean the, like i i i've kind of i'm kind of just adjusted to it at this point like i'm not expecting anything else out of it uh-huh. um so it meets expectations and I get to focus on how bombastic the design of the place is and like the set design in this game is extremely silly. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I kind of adore that, like how like how 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 like a tremendously seedy all the neon makes this place look right. It's got the fucking gargoyle heads and everything. Um, Clashing gargoyle and- heads. No, oh, yeah, no, it's extremely tacky and ugly and terrible. And it's great because it's like this is this is like if 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 Ibuki owned a like a pub, this is what it would look like. She yeah. wouldn't even mean to make it into a strip bar. It just would be. It would just yeah. be this. It um, would. Speaking of Ibuki, I fucking love that. Um, I think it was just the um, an item that I had, but she goes and she does like a concert. And like everybody's expecting like a pop song and she just blasts into this like. Now, I'm not an expert on music genres, but it's not, but I would say like almost like a goth metal type, you know, just extremely high concept stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That like... bounces off everybody in the class. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... that was good. That's later in the chapter when they have a party for Fuyuhiko, which surprise yeah. Fuyuhiko is back. And at that point, they're like. Oh, like the title of the song. I don't even remember the title of the song, but it's just supposed to be this like sickeningly sweet like title of a song. No, then... I think it was just like it was like, um, you know, like you and me, I think it was or whatever or mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, you mean you. Or yeah, yeah. Like that. And then, yeah, me. Yeah. You know, me and you. And like, it's like, OK, yeah, no, you have a single a girl going up on, a, you know genre stuff it leads you with that and of course the take on it's pretty good um and the next song is like well, i ba- I, I squeezed out the baby but i have no idea who the father is yeah grab a partner and slow dance to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is... if anything if anything danganronpa has a very good sense of humor at point well you know at what po- danganronpa has a very good sense of humor when it decides to have a good sense of humor <laughs> yeah Sometimes it doesn't have a good sense of humor. 
and then I then that and then that has me. Um, it does not make me particularly happy, but it does it does ha it does have some winners. Um, and I think this chapter has been mostly. I mean, so far it's been more it's been more hits than misses. I've I I think um, ever since ever since like really the uh the, like the uh the middle of last chapter uh -huh. things have just kind of been getting better which i'm happy about yeah mm -hmm. yeah this chapter is very good like circling back to um earlier in the chapter fuhiko comes back to the group and he does the thing that i've only really ever seen in like samurai movies or whatever where he holds his palm out and basically says introduces himself to the group for the first time um oh yeah that was a cute little scene i like that a lot it was very fitting for him yeah because and it's like he's using over like in the japanese dub he's using overly formal like speech um yeah. to communicate how serious he is and then he yeah and then he tries to commit seppuku yeah he does try to slice his stomach to like prove a point and yeah. uh, Mikai I mean, faints. Yeah, no, that's that is uh that's that's Fuyihiko for you. Yeah, and it's great that everyone's reaction is like, "What are you doing, you moron? We uh, we have to. You just made a bunch of work for us. We have to take you back to the hospital and everything." And he's just like, "Oh shit, I did something really selfish there, didn't I?" And everyone's like, "Yes, we have to. We have to carry you back carefully. <laughs> Someone help me out with this." Yeah, I thought thematically it was kind of sweet though. Like, yeah. Oh, totally. Good. It was good shit. Um, yeah, thematically, it works a lot, and also it starts. It has the starting of like Yoko, kind of starting to forgive him because like he sees how serious she sees how serious he is. Because at first, uh, Hyoko is like, "Hey, fuck you, uh, Fuyiko. I still don't forgive you for killing my basically killing my hero." And I mean, goes like, yeah, yeah, no, fair. Yeah, he literally he owns it. I kind of really I kind of really. um, Wow, that's that was a good one. Yeah, he just owns it. He's just like, yeah, you know what? I was kind of responsible for that. My B fam. OK, moving on. <laughs> Excuse me while I slit my stomach. <laughs> yeah, moving on. I'm just going to do some real quick. Sabuku. Don't worry about it. Um, But it was it was actually pretty good like i i think his reintroduction to the cast and like i think it was sufficient to like illustrate that he was serious about not being the person he was mm -hmm. and kind of getting his act together yeah and he seems much more inclined to self-sacrifice and he gets called out on that too and that was actually quicker growth than i was expecting yeah or rather that was more graceful uh quick like it was quick growth but it was more graceful than i was expecting it to be because like Usually when you try and do this 180 on a character, it ends up coming across as like insincere or a little clunky, but they kind of addressed that. It was it was actually pretty good. I was yeah. I'm, I was kind of impressed. Yeah. Like when um when later in the chapter when Akane is confronting Monokuma, uh Fuhiko is kind of ready to throw his life away and he says like, "Oh, uh, what the life I've been given is worthless." 
and yeah, everyone kind it's of just borrowed anyway. It's borrowed, and everybody anyway. is like, "Yeah, well, that's why." And I think it was Neko. I think it was fucking Neko Maru who said it. Was, it. But it's yeah, like it was, you should cherish it more because of that. And it was like, wow, you know, when they really get when they really want to rub their brain cells together, the writers can like do some good, compelling, you know, serious uh, content. Yeah, um, exactly. And it was you're right. It was Neko Maru who said that before he ultimately sac- attempts to sacrifice himself to protect Akane. Yeah, he got fucking owned. Mm-hmm. I've never been more happy to see the shit guy take one to the team. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. See you next chapter, fucker. <laughs> I I do I was... enjoy how he's he's demonstrating more of a selfless characteristic here in terms of like the way that he's he essentially starts the chapter getting into a fight with Akane because she's just repeatedly like, oh, I'm going to put myself in danger and I'm just going to fight Madakuma, even though it's probably going to kill me. And he's just getting very fed up with the idea that's like, well, I want I want her to be her best self, but also she's just going to use that to recklessly get herself killed. So why fucking bother? Of course, unfortunately, yeah, they communicate was, this with a really bad sex joke. It was lame. It was lame. It yeah. was lame, and it lasted like. And the thing is, like with one-off sex jokes like that, it's okay if they like. I can tolerate them if they happen very quickly and very painlessly. And this one dragged on, and it yeah. dragged on more apparently if you have a certain item on your in your inventory, and I didn't. So it was just like fucking. It's- if I recall uh, correctly, name? if I recall correctly, it's not having a certain item that um, triggers the extra cutscene. It is talking to Kazuichi, like in the hotel, like not the hotel room. The yeah, hospital you have room. to have an. You have, yeah, you have to have a special item and talk to Kazuichi because okay. I talked to him and like it just progressed to the next scene. Okay, okay, so you do need to have a special item. It's just yeah. a, it's a massage scene. That's the joke. She gets massages from him. Yeah. Well, the joke is that it sounds is that like the way they talk about it, it very much sounds like they're fucking like it extremely sounds like they are very noisily and unpleasantly fucking. And like. They're not They're just she's just getting massages from him and it's like, aha, you know, oh, I can't live without that without that on my body anymore. And it's like, okay, you know, we're done with this. Go home. Uh-huh. Come up with something. Come the fuck up with something new. Exactly. Um, the joke just doesn't work. I, I it just doesn't work. It's fine I, though, because it's it's we never hear of it again afterwards, and that's how I like it. And uh-huh. there was a good CG this uh this chapter too. Because we had um if you have the not five oh yeah, if you have the C D and you talk to um Ibuki, um she takes you out to see she takes you, uh Nekomaru, um and Kane, Mikan, and Sonia, Chiaki, Akane, you know, everybody goes out to see the fireworks uh, or to do some fireworks. And it was overall a good time. Yeah, like those are the secret CGs that I wish were more in the main game because, like, I mean, it's not hard to get them. You just have to talk to the characters and, you know, do the gotcha to, like, have the item in your inventory, which is still, like, a bit of a weird condition to have in your game your story-based game to unlock bits I of would actually be okay with it if, like, instead of doing... Like, if there were just more of them. Yeah. You know? 
if there were more of those like it because like the the gotcha thing because of the way it works the odds are you're probably going to miss the most of these cgs um i kind of wish the gotcha thing just had more of like you know i wish there were more of them so it's a wider shot yeah but regardless it was totally fine i you know i think this definitely like it definitely paid off some character stuff um yeah. having all these it definitely worked to characterize a lot a lot of the cast in a more endearing way yeah um if you have a camera you and you talk to hyoko um you uh, yeah, they put on a concert yeah a concert kind of mourning on mahiru but it's really sweet and Chaki's in the corner banging on a little triangle and Hyoko's dancing and Ibuki is playing music and they rope in Hajime to take pictures because that's what she wanted to do was to see Hyoko dance and uh, like for Mahiro to take pictures and it's a really really touching moment yeah. like the line that is really good is Mahiro can you see the, can you hear this performance are you seeing Hyoko's dance and it's like it's just yeah. touching and nice and the game needs more of those moments and there are yeah. more it's just hard to get we need we need to see more scenes where hyoko hits the whip and uh you know does the nae -nae. <laughs> and does the nae -nae. um speaking of hyoko um i was i felt like a big loser so i decided to hang out with her four times uh -huh. after all my free times um nothing particularly interesting happens She's just kind of a jerk. <laughs> I was. It, it, it was. She was. She's a paper bag marked "Dead Dove, Do Not Eat," and then you open it up and you're like, "Wow, what was I expecting?" <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, is there anything uh, like in those uh, free time events with her? Actually, you know what? Yes, there is. There is one thing that pays it off pretty well, and I think it's the penultimate one. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember, but like it leads to her like blushing away, like looking away, blushing and saying, you know, the next time I'll make sure to specifically invite you the next time I perform. And it's more or less a scene where she's like, haha, bitch, I bet you care about me. And Heidi is like, yeah, I do. And, she, and she's just like speechless in response. Yeah, that's pretty nice. It's good. She complains about her home life and then she's like, aha, I was just kidding so that you would care about me. None of what I do is genuine. Please, please don't. I'm afraid of intimacy. Yeah, which is which I don't know. I kind of like that character archetype like Hiyoko. Absolutely. I fucking hated Hiyoko in the first chapter. Uh -huh. Like You can go back and we will. But like she's kind of grown on me. I'm kind of OK with her. And now she's dead. <laughs> Video yeah. fucking games, huh? Yeah, that's kind of how this game works, unfortunately. I actually like that. It, I actually really liked that in the. Um, that during the concert when fucking fucking ibuki's banging on that that goth metal um the you know hyoko just like is just really into it and is the only member of the cast who enjoyed it yeah <laughs> and it's like you know think about it, it's like well of course the ultimate musicians work is going to be the sort of thing that appeals mo pretty much exclusively to other like artists like other musicians other like other people in that general field mm-hmm yeah. But I'm just thinking, like, this is this came out in like 2014, right? Translated in 2014. I think the original game came out in 2012 in Japan. Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. It took a. This like, is like the perfect window for like 
Kyoko to listen to Death Grips and be insanely cool because of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Jen, who did you hang out with uh, during your free time session? Um, It was a mix of, like, Akane, who just got into her stuff like, yeah, I, I, I think we discussed about this earlier. She talks about how she got way into parkour, and that's how she became a gymnast. Uh, I hung out with uh, Hiyoko a little bit, and uh, basically got through the conversation where she's basically trying to goad us to do something irresponsible. Um, I made the mistake of hanging out with Nagito because even though I really like that character, I kind of forgot that, like, free time with him only opens up from chapter three onward from what I remember. And the thing with Nagito is he is, you basically have to spend the entire game spending time with only him to get anywhere in his chart. And... You can just spend like three or four times giving him his favorite gifts and he still won't budge. So I spent That's like why we one... don't fuck with thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent one free time with him and then I went over and um, hung out with uh, Mikan a little bit. And Mikan was interesting, though also she kind of revealed a little bit of a sadistic streak when she was like, oh yeah, I really like taking care of people because... When I'm taking care of people, I'm the one in charge, and they have to rely on me. And it's like, oh, okay, that's that's a weird power situation to have when someone's sick, but okay. <laughs> Aren't you going to also talk about her special talent? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, she has a line where she says, oh, I know, I'm also really good at imitating a sea turtle when she's about to lay eggs. And it's like... Oh dear. Okay. Yeah, Mikan rule. Mikan actually like this chapter kind of rules. Like, it's it's weird because I feel like like previously you know she was kind of just an object. In this chapter, she's kind of owned it. Like she's just kind of like in and like I mean, fucking Hinata wakes up twice in her titties, like being nearly choked to death. And I think, listen, there's nothing more alpha than choking a man to death with your titties. <laughs> There is, is nothing more alpha. What name one thing that that more Chad than killing a man with your cleavage? There's nothing more Chad than that. I yeah, I get a good laugh out of that because yeah, it's like it could have easily been just another sex joke, but then it's like oh, the joke here is Hajime is nearly choking to death, and that when um, Mikan wakes up, she's like, oh my god, Hajime, you're choking, you're dying, and starts shaking him violently. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Mikan is just here for the violence. It's funny because when she, you spend free time with her, she's like, oh yeah, I'm pretty good at reading people. But then when that stuff happens, she's she turns into the WebMD researcher where she's like, oh, you have this, you basically have this pale skin. I know what this is. It's some rare disease. It's like, no. Well, no, well she says, you're. I mean, I, I'm reasonably I, sure that cyanosis is just when you turn blue. Yeah, so like, is like just, the, yeah. I think that's just the term for like when you're choking. Oh, okay. Well, not not choking. It's when like you turn when like your skin turns blue. So does quote unquote like you're you know, like when you have that kind of pallor of somebody who is you know choking to death on a titty. Um, it doesn't say it on the in the uh, in in the medical uh, databases, but that is that is more or less how it functions. 
Um, and yes, she, that that is what she does. She she chokes you with the titty. And then the first time you're like, whoa, get off from on top of me. And she's like, OK, I'll be on the bottom next time. And it's like, wow, OK, very forward, <laughs> but like not something unappreciated. I'm OK <laughs> with this. It, it's a nice change of pace because in the first episode, it was very much in the first episode, it was very much laughing at her falling into sexualized positions without her being like it was that situation where she was wasn't horny at her. she wasn't horny the camera was horny she was just upset and like yeah. in here it's kind of an inversion like you know she is being very aggressively forward and the and then you know she's shaking the shit out of hajime and the camera isn't really lingering on, you know, it's like, okay, yes, this is kind of hot, but the narrative of it's like, okay, well, you're in a lot of discomfort because she's literally lying on you in a very discomforting position. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit more, I wouldn't say, like, agency, but like... No, there's more agency. I think, yeah. I think again, like, she is the instigator of these situations. Like, she's very specifically doing this for, like... You know, a re like she's doing, like she's the one doing it. It's not like oh she tripped, and oh oh boy, you know the the fucking bottle of water or whatever looks like a dick that's coming on her. It's like oh you know she's literally laying on top of you know Hinata, and it's like quote unquote she fell asleep, but like it's kind of implied not to be, you know oh she just passed out like. She wants something out of him. Yeah. Which I actually kind of like this characterization of Mikan. Like, I kind of wish that she that she was on this a little earlier in the narrative. Like, I feel I kind of like this idea of her being kind of like fake nice mm -hmm. or like a fake dam. Like, let's fake nice more of like a fake damsel in distress. Like, she seems kind of cool like this where she's taking, you know, where she's actually the one in charge of things right. i think and i think you brought up specifically that's the reason she likes practicing medicine is that she's like the one in charge that she has to be relied upon and that kind of actually whips like not necessarily as like a like i don't really view her as an antagonistic figure uh -huh. like maybe maybe you could probably stretch that to you could sell me on that but i think for the most part she's she's kind of neutral but I like that as like kind of a motive for somebody to do a good thing, but not necessarily for a good reason. Right. Mm -hmm. Like she takes care of people, not necessarily because she is a, you know, in, because she, you know, wants to see them get better, but she wants to be in charge while they're sick. And mm -hmm. that's fucking cool. Like, I think that's well, not I mean. Not like, oh, morally cool, but like, it's cool from a perspective of like character writing. Like, yeah, it's a good idea for like a character because like it's compelling yeah it's compelling and it leaves a lot of thing open it leaves a lot of things open-ended and which is good um yeah. also uh fuyuhiko the first time that she falls asleep on you fuyuhiko barges in and he's he's like you dirty rotten bastard you guys are fucking high school students and it's like fuyuhiko have you ever been to a high school yeah <laughs> Oh my god, it's disgusting. I Fuyuhiko has never been to high school. He's been to Yakuza Fuyuhiko, school. Fuyuhiko has, has just graduated the sixth grade. 
he doesn't know what sex is. <laughs> <laughs> the iPad, the eye patch actually does make him look a little more like a like an adult, which uh-huh. fucks me up like immensely because it's like, who's this baby man? <laughs> who is this? Who is this like grown man who is no longer a baby? I don't, I don't appreciate this. Um, but I like the eye patch. I like how he is, uh, one gaudy jacket away. Well, he'd also have to lose the tie and shirt, but he'd be he's one gaudy gaudy jacket away from becoming Majima. Um, <laughs> yep. And he's still kind of he's still he's he's not really he feels kind of like an adult, like he's not really a kid anymore, and that kind of whips. Yeah. Um, like he's... and I also think it rules that Komaeda is terminally ill for this scene, and Monokuma is just there, hand hovering over the dead motherfucker discovered button. <laughs> yeah, like um. Komaeda, that's his name. How can I forget Komaeda's name? How can you forget our boy? <laughs> our very pale boy. How can you forget our very special boy? Yeah, I, I like that he ends up he ends up being very well, his whole thing is we should go back a little and say that um people have been catching something called the despair disease in the in this chapter where basically it sounds fake. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's real. <laughs> <laughs> basically small mosquitoes or whatever are biting people and making them and are basically swapping around their personalities so Akane is suddenly crying a whole lot um Ibuki is incredibly gullible and uh Komaeda is incapable of telling the truth so there's when he, when you visit him in the hospital and he like tells you to fuck off it rules yeah <laughs> It's like, oh, he really wants you here, huh? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's very good. And I like that. um, I kind of, I mean, I kind of like that it's a setup like this. And I also kind of like that everybody's almost worried that, like, you'll get it. And, like, you're, and you, it's fucking good shit. Um, That's why they set up, they set up a quarantine situation and also, like, split the gang into two groups to basically curb the spread of the disease. So um, Hajime and Fuyuhiko decide to stay at the hospital with Mikan and the patients. Um, and whereas the rest of the group decides to stay in motels. You know that this is a Japanese work and not an American one, because if it was an American one, they'd say, fuck that. And they'd all sleep in the same big bed. <laughs> <laughs> they'd throw a second party. Down, de- uh, down in the deepest pits of hell, where Biakia is, he'd be looking up and be like, "Finally, they all held hands and went to the bathroom together, just like I wanted them to do. <laughs> like I wanted them to do. My brick joke has successfully landed. Uh, <laughs> how many episodes have I been waiting for this? Oh, so many. Oh, so many. Uh." Hello everyone, it's me, Kyrie. Thank you so much for listening to Ultimate Despair Reprise. Let's move on to the shoutouts. First of all, this is a Scanline Media show. Be sure to go to scanlinemedia.com for more great podcasts and articles. We have shows like The Garnet Wager, Bottle Crow Reborn, and Mechanista in G, which are all free to listen to, and much, much more. And if you would like to support us financially, you can go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. For only $1 a month, you get access to Oops All Anime, where we have over 140 episodes for you to listen to. 
We have covered shows like Oban Star Racers, Bacchano, and Ruby recently. And much, much more is on the horizon for the show. So be sure to be tuning in. And if you're feeling generous, you can support us at 4 or $5 more and get access to our actual play podcasts, The Ghosts of Parliament and Starsung Distance. Those are really fun. I'm on both of those shows and they are a blast. Uh, you can find more information at scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. And thanks to Vetrom for use of the music of this episode. Go to youtube.com slash vtmprojects for more great remixes. They've recently done remixes of Danganronpa music, but also Pokemon, Trauma Center, and Splatoon. Again, make sure to check them out on youtube.com slash vtmprojects. Lastly, but not leastly, thank you, the audience. Yes, you, the person listening to this show. I know I say this every episode, but it's true every time. I appreciate you, and we would love to hear from you as well. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at YouDespairCast, and to send us an email at despaircast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, that's all I got for today. We will announce on the Twitter how much in the next part of this chapter we will cover, so keep an eye out. Till next time, catch you later. We also get some interesting stuff that they discover on a laptop um, over in the electronics section. Yeah, the lore. <laughs> they find the lore button. And when Hajime is unimpressed by it, like Monokuma is like, hey, aren't you impressed by all my lore? And Hajime basically says, no, fuck off. This is stupid. I, I like that a lot that Hajime is basically like, oh, well, this is obviously a lie. <laughs> this is obviously some, like, fake shit. <laughs> yeah. He's, he looks at me and he's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's fake. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. That's not even plausible. Obviously photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, no, that that was I, I do like the re- I do like that the reveal is dismissed out of hand because like we have already played the first game and we don't need any we don't need to like hear the fucking most horrible, terrible, worst thing to ever happen ever in history ever. If it happens again, we will cry so hard. It was so tragic. It hurt my feelings. Uh-huh. It, I, I, I may have, I may have peed my pants a little bit when it happened. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. The most horrible, terrible thing in history to ever happen. Uh, repeat ad infinitum. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't need to hear. We don't need to hear about that thing a uh, hundred times. Yeah. So I'm glad that they were like. I'm glad that it basically got shown to our focus character. He looked at it and he was like. Well, that's obviously a load of horse shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you just conjured that from your fucking brain, Anakuma. You stupid stuffed animal. It's not, obviously, you're a liar. So, and and nothing bad has ever happened outside. We're going to go back to our families after this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do throw in an interesting tidbit, though. Like, uh, they. They reveal that there was something of a reserve course, or at least a reserve class, that seems to have been involved in the tragedy from back then. Yeah, yeah. This is I the... mean, I I'm sure that's going to be relevant. I'm sure that these are that our characters are the reserved class, like that kind of you know is that kind of writes itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, I'll be glad to see it come to light. But that's not really that important in this chapter. It's just like there to like lay the groundwork for it, 
but also since we've already played the previous oh. game, we don't have to go over it in great detail. Yeah. I like a, that aspect of it a lot. Yeah, it's a good touch. Like from a narrative mechanic point of view, like it assumes that you have played the first game and if you're playing the sequel to Danganronpa, you have probably like 85% of the time you have probably played the first game and they run with that assumption and that works here. Yeah, you know me. I I love to play the sequel to a game without playing the first one. I love to play Danganronpa 2 and go, oh, I don't know what happened in Danganronpa 1. This is dumb. They should tell me. <laughs> the big sequel liker the big sequel liker has come i've never played the first game of anything and i get really mad when i can't remember when i don't remember a plot device that they used in the first game when they reference it in the second oh that pisses me off so much but i'm never gonna stop starting on episode two <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that's a trend a little bit more common with western games like uh for something like assassin's creed 2 a lot of people just jumped on with that one and uh, well that's because all every western i'm not gonna say every western game is exactly the same but like have you seen ubisoft <laughs> have you seen well i would say western game development just in general like i'm ASC trying to avoid saying that because we just got some really good games this year but like well oh yeah last year because it's 2020 i thought i forgot i thought it was 2019 uh, i hate this i hate the calendar i hate it yeah hate the, um, hate, fuck time fuck time i am experiencing things non-linearly and if you experience if you experience the fourth dimension in a coherent um path from point a to point b they get the hell out of here suck, i will i will end you i will kick your ass get out of here your kid with your fucking over Get out of here um, with your clocks. Yeah, fuck fuck clocks. Fuck everyone with a clock. <laughs> fuck people who know what clocks are. I'm done. I'm done with time. I'm done with it. Uh, speaking of things mm -hmm. that I'm done with. Speaking of being done. You know what? The, the, the herb. Time is on thin fucking ice. Uh -huh. I'll, let it, I'll let it go. I'll let the herb go. But it's on thin fucking ice. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Um, anyway, speaking of time, <laughs> we are, we are 40 minutes into recording and what are we, what, are, what should we hit next? Well, um, I hung out with, uh, Kazuichi and a little bit of Sonia and I tried to hang out with Nagito and got the same result that Jen got, which was, I gave him a gift and he basically said, Oh, thanks. And then said nothing else. Um, Man, I hate when I put my hand on a hot stove and I burn myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. A, he is also a bit of a dead dove. Do not eat. <laughs> yeah, um, I just... Oh, man, I bit into this rock and I broke a tooth. Oh, that's fucked up. It is Why did fun. I do that? <laughs> it is pretty fun that you get to see him at, have something of a miserable time this chapter when he goes to the theater and... He basically watched an entire movie that Monokuma made, and he was like, "Oh, that was just that was so fucking garbage." That Did you was pay so one and a half million dollars to not watch this movie, and he, he answers said, without any hesitation. He's like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah." I I actually do love that Komaeda is like having the worst time in the world this chapter and hasn't died yet. <laughs> Watching shitty movies, getting sick. 
he gets like terminally ill and he watches a horrible movie and that's like his that's his that's his day that's his week <laughs> commanders has a really rough week and everybody else is like oh man i had a rough week i i stubbed my toe and i maybe you know was doing a thing i was maybe like my hair looked horrible this day and you know oh i broke a nail and Co- and commanders is sitting there like I was tortured and now I'm going to die. <laughs> yep. Um, so Kazuichi, uh, there's not a whole lot with him. There is like, he wants to be a rocket engineer, which, okay, great. Um, he, although he does, he's insecure about that dream. Like he says like, Hey, don't laugh at me, but I want to work on rockets. And, Hajime is like, no, that's actually cool. Rocket science is cool. Yeah, rockets are sick as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Who laughs at? Wait, hold on. Who laughs at like, oh, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be an aerospace engineer. Who looks at that and is like, ha ha, what are you, some sort of nerd? Who, I don't know. Who, who would laugh at that though? Like that doesn't. Some very mean people. This is a fucking meat teens comment. Yeah, this is some fucking shit up there with like, oh, don't laugh at me. I want to be a brain surgeon. Oh man, a brain surgeon. What are you? Uh, some sort of Poindexter? Oh man, you don't want to. You don't want to like. You want to work on brains? You want to build a rocket? Like, what are you? Some sort of nerd who likes doing extremely complex things that require a high level of education and training. And skill and master and yeah and mastery of one's craft. Wow, what are you? Some sort of some sort of person with aspirations? Yeah. What are you not dead inside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my Hyoko impression. Mm-hmm. It's also worth mentioning that uh in the movie theater you do get a glimpse of what uh Hajime refers to as a video game poster of um a girl holding a giant megaphone at Monokuma like a gun. And all we could say about that right now is we'll definitely get to that video game at some point in the future. Uh, but... We will probably spend maybe half an episode on that game. <laughs> I'm uh, going to keep I don't it like real. Where this is going. I don't <laughs> like where this is going. I think maybe this is going somewhere that I don't enjoy. Yeah. We may, like... have, to, we may have to reconsider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't take the advice of Hajime in in the little text that he gets when he looks at it and says, "I'm definitely gonna buy that." Do not buy Ultimate Despair Girls <laughs> or yeah. Ultra Despair Girls. Ultra Despair Girls, yeah, it's a. Uh... Don't buy Ultra Despair Girls. Don't don't get gifted Ultra Despair Girls. If somebody hands you a copy of Ultra Despair Girls, Spit say please, no thank you. Say no thank you. Be like that Russian man on the propaganda po- on that Soviet propaganda poster that's like against overconsumption. Oh, that's against like, you know, over- drink like heavy drinking and be like, yet. Yeah. No. Yeah. You show me you show me Ultra Despair Girls and I will say, Mm-mm, not today. Yeah. I yeah. I have no idea what this game I don't I have no idea what Ultra Despair Girls is. It's not great. We'll, we'll get to it we'll in get the future. To it. Yeah, just be just putting that out there because they do put the poster in this chapter and are like, oh, looks like an upcoming game. Interesting. They, they also Oh man, st- aren't you excited for this game that's coming up? They also have a sticker in the in the gift shop that says I was born stupid. And when you observe when you look at it, 
you see the words I was sorry I'm sorry I was bored stupid written three times like on the screen. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's Degan Rapa. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me whenever I boot up this game. But okay. Uh, yeah. A- anything else? Ask not th- ask not for whom the dang and rompas. It rompas for thee. Mm-hmm. Uh any guesses as to who done it, Jackie? I think the real murderer was the friends we made along the way. Uh-huh. And that friend specifically. Um here's the thing. Okay, so my deduction is this. Uh-huh. So like obviously the two victims are Hiyoko and Ibuki. And Ibuki was under a uh was under suggestion essentially. She she just did whatever was told of her, right? Right. So what I'm thinking is somebody said, okay, somebody must have like the idea is obviously okay, they're gonna kill Hiyoko and and like blame uh and then have the blame fall on ibuki or whatever and everybody like okay ibuki killed uh was you know asked to kill hiyoko and then was told to kill herself um and that's just the basic pitch and i think of the like my suspects my are like our three main suspects are like people who are already in the hospital because they would le- raise the least sus- the least suspicion uh-huh. that would be mikan that would be mikan that would be um fuihiko and that would be uh akane akane we can rule out because she has the cowardice disease mm-hmm. and so we're just looking narratively at mikan and fuihiko now fuihiko has been back for the grand total of like half a chapter so far so if what he did was like try and sacrifice himself for Pekka who sacrifices herself for him. And then he gets told not to sacrifice himself for anybody and not to do like, you know, not to throw that second chance. He gets basically taught that life is precious again. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he goes off and murders somebody that would be pretty dumb. Like just from a narrative perspective, that'd be dumb as shit. Right. So we're looking at Mikan or somebody from the motel. Right. And the people we have at the motel are basically the rest of the cast. Uh, cast, Kazuichi. Yeah, Gundam, Kazuichi, uh, Sonya. um, We have Chiaki, Gundam, Kazuichi, Sonya, Chiaki. And I think that's everybody, actually, because you think about it. Nekamaru is out of action. Nekamaru is out of action. Uh, And Ibuki and. Hiyoko are the victims. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's go down the list. Um, Gundam, you know what? I would say it's Mikan or Gundam because he seems like the sort of shady motherfucker. But he wasn't prominent this episode. You know? Right. Uh-huh. So I would actually go so far as to rule him out. Um, I know for a fact that Chiaki wouldn't murder anybody. Period. Right. She's the only, she is the most trustworthy character in... I trust her more than I trust Hajime. Like, just straight up. Like, Chiaki's mm-hmm. not going to kill anybody. Um, so we're down to Mikan, uh, Kazuichi, Kazuichi, Sonya wouldn't do it because she basically didn't exist this chapter. 
Uh-huh. Um So I'm just it's like Sonya or um Gundam. Not Sonya or Gundam. Mikan or Gundam. And I'm going to rule Gundam out. I think, you know, Mikan would have had a much easier time doing it and she was way more prominent. So I'm I'm going to say it's rather reasonable to say that Mikan did it. Um and that's my that's I'm the ultimate detective as well. Uh-huh. So I'm going to lock that in with clarity. Uh or rather like with finality she did with some the shit. Bullet. She pulled yeah, with my that's my truth bullet. She did some wacko shit and um killed Kyoko and uh, Ibuki. Wow, I, I farted out on her brain for a second. Uh, farted out on her name. Brain farted out <laughs> on her name. You know what? You know what? This is the life I lead, and I'm not ashamed of it. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking. Yeah. So it was definitely Mikan. Definitely Mikan did it. Um, how we how we prove that Mikan did it? Uh, I I am unsure. Uh huh. Um. Well. I guess we're just going to have to find out on our next episode. I'm going to spare a prize. Yeah, because um, we'll be covering the Deadly Life Part 1. Are we going to split it into two parts? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll split it. We might. We, we, we might. We'll see. We will see when we play. We'll tweet um, it out. We'll tweet yeah, it we'll out. Re- yeah, we'll tweet it out. We will let you all know in advance. Um, also, um, before we go... Uh-huh. Uh, which uh, poll for the audience, which Danganronpa character has the best weed man? I think it would be Ibuki. I think Ibuki has the best weed man. Ibuki, Ibuki 100% would have the best access. She would have the best. Like, I'm thinking about it, and it's like, I don't even know why I asked that question. It's so self-evident. Um... No, that face that Kazuichi makes when he hears the music uh, that Ibuki plays, where he basically his face changes art styles. That that's yeah, I was gonna heavy... say I don't I don't think Ibuki I don't think Ibuki smokes weed. I think she does some harder stuff. Um, living that rock star life. Uh-huh. Um, legalize she, it. Legalize it. That's uh-huh. right, folks. That's our that's our hot hot take. Yeah, that's our hot take, folks. Our hot hot box take. Legalize Adrenochrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You can follow us on Twitter at youdespaircast on twitter dot com. You can send us an email despaircast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find me at <laughs> KyrieAPage on Twitter.com. You can't Jen, find me. I have I have officially cut the grid. I I am the ultimate no longer on the grid person. <laughs> Jen, where can people find you? I'm at JBU3 on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, you're probably on ScanlineMedia.com. Uh-huh. We do most of our stuff. So Yeah, thanks for being here. Go to ScanlineMedia.com for more podcasts or support us directly at patreon.com slash scanline media. This is stuff I normally say for the middle of the episode, but you're getting it twice. Yeah. A lucky you. 
Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a special service that we only do once in a million years for the coolest people in our audience, and you get to hear it. Uh-huh. How lucky are you? As a matter of fact, a thing you need to know is that we've had Inez listening to this podcast the whole time uh-huh. as we've been discussing, as we've been on here, and she has a special message for the gang as well. Hey, fuck. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have much time, but um, uh, um, can I get a fucking um, um? Okay, time to go back um, in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Kyrie. I've been Jennifer. I've been Jackie. Alright, we, we will see you some see, other time. See you some uh, other time. Class dismissed. Class, yeah, class The bell doesn't dismiss you. We do. We do.